Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Bill Barnwell. Joined us in the first hour talking all things Lamar Jackson and his non-exclusive franchise tag. And of course, as we kick into hour number two of the show, we were going to have cover three here, but really all the NFL news and notes you need to know is that the Panthers have traded for the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. In return, the Bears will receive number nine overall, number 61 overall, 2024 first round pick, 2025 second round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore. So why are we talking about that? Well, because now all of a sudden the Raiders have a whole lot of questions about what are they going to do uh, moving forward, you know, are they going to sit there at number seven and just take the the best player available? Are they going to target a quarterback? Are they going to have to trade up? I mean, there's so many questions. The teams ahead of the Raiders now, as it sits, the Panthers, they're going to draft a quarterback. Texans, they're going to draft a quarterback. This is all most likely, obviously. Number three, Cardinals, they don't need a quarterback. Never know what could have happened with Kyler Murray in, in Arizona, but most likely you feel good that the Cardinals aren't going to take one at number three. The Colts, they need a quarterback there at number four. Seattle, they were kind of my dark horse to take Anthony Richardson just because he could sit behind Geno Smith for a little bit of uh, time and learn. I think he'd be a really good match in Seattle. Uh, so, But they could take a quarterback. They don't need one. And number six, the Lions, they have Jared Goff. They don't need a quarterback, but they could get a quarterback. And then you have the seven, number seven right there. So really, almost every team outside the Cardinals needs a quarterback or could potentially grab a quarterback. I mean, that's, that's just as simple as it is. And I know that that's not how it's going to play out in the upcoming draft, but we do want to know your reaction. Now that this news is rolled in, none of us know who Carolina's targeting. A lot of folks are assuming that it's C.J. Stroud, like Big Mexican Raider. He tweeted at me. I'm assuming they're going to take C.J. Stroud. I don't know if I want the Raiders to move up now. That's a um, that's that's something to think about. I kind of think that they're targeting C.J. Stroud as well. Uh, Larry DM tweeted at us, Panthers quarterback coach Josh McCown did a YouTube series on the 2023 quarterbacks before he was hired. He was higher on C.J. Stroud than any other quarterback. The Stroud de- dream is dead. That's according to, uh, like I said, that's according to uh, a tweet here from uh, Larry DM. But we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 or don'tbebroke.com text sign to 69187 keyword r We got Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Uh, Spurs insider, XFL expert coming up at 3.30. Also a Chicago Bears fan. So I'll talk to her about that as well. How Chicago got their haul back and what they're going to do with the plethora of picks and wide receiver DJ Moore that they got in return. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to Dark Side Don. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on? What's good? Chilling. Hey, so I... Am I the only one that thinks that that trade is kind of cheap in a way? I mean, not cheap as in the, the amount of players that they're getting, but let's look at it from a standpoint of they're getting the first-round pick this year, they're getting the second-round pick this year, they're getting the first-round pick next year in 2024, and then they get to wait a year for for this, the second-round pick in 2025. DJ Moore is the equivalent of a third- or fourth-round draft pick this year which is the equivalent of a third or fourth round draft or a fourth or fifth round draft pick next year. So that it, 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 in a way, I'm kind of disappointed that the Raiders didn't, well, we don't know if they did or didn't, but I'm kind of disappointed that that move wasn't made by them because for sure, from what I've seen on, on the combine, the, the Panthers moved up for CJ Stroud. I, I believe mm-hmm. that Bryce Young made a, a real big mistake by not pass uh, by, by not throwing it and, 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 uh, and, and going into the competition uh, at the at the combine, I really believe that that was a, a huge mistake by him. So he's he's probably lost his first 
the QB1 slot, and that's going to C.J. Stroud. And like you just said, coming into the, show, to the second hour, everybody above us outside of Arizona, and we really don't know because they've done it before, they have a history of drafting quarterback after quarterback when they did it to Josh Rosen. So we really don't know if, that's, if, 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 they're gonna, if anybody that's in front of us is going to draft the quarterback. So I honestly believe now the Raiders are either going to have to move up or they're stuck drafting the, the best player available. That's where we're at at this point. All right, thank you for the call. Good stuff. And, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a harsh reality. The Raiders might be stuck there at number seven. And I don't think that, you know, Dave Ziegler wanted to give up what, what uh, Carolina gave up to, to move up. But you're right. I, that's the first thing I said when I talked about the compensation. I didn't think it was a whole lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot because you throw in D.J. Moore. But, I mean, D.J. Moore is D.J. Moore, right? He's the Carolina Panthers' best number one uh, wide receiver, obviously. But at this stage of the game, they know that they're in it for the long haul. They're not in it for right now. So... I don't think it's a huge haul. I know I've seen a lot of people, including our guest that's going to be coming up at 3.30, Carolina Teague, think that uh, the Bears fleeced the Panthers. I don't really see that, but it is what it is. And now, you know, are the, are the Raiders going to be able to, to trade up? Are the Colts going to try to make a trade up? I mean, now there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks that are saying, oh, damn, we might have to make a move too. So now you might see a lot of movement in the upcoming draft. And if you're okay with that, then, you know, there's a lot of people, including, what, Hardcore Raider who called earlier, who are very comfortable with uh, the Raiders drafting Hendon Hooker. That might have to be your option now because you might have to sit there and stay pat at number seven, grab the best player available, and then just go ahead and get a quarterback later on. Right? So now all of a sudden the dynamic has changed because you see the move. Carolina's being very aggressive. It's March 10th. Free agency hasn't even hit yet, and they're already making moves. Right, this trade can't even become official till next week, till the new league year. But they're already making moves, letting it be known. Like, yep, <laughs> we want number one, and we want number one right now. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. We want to hear from you. Who we got up next, Damon? Eddie in LA. Eddie, welcome to the show. Yeah, what's going on, brother? Big time moves for the Bears and Carolina, but Raider Nation. The, the, oh, man, the your, your phone's cutting. You have to call us back, Eddie. Your phone's cut, cutting out, my man. I want to hear from you. Make sure you hit us back. Uh, 702-365-9200. Wherever you're standing, move to the side, either to the left or to the right. And then when you find that sweet spot, <laughs> hit us back right there, and then don't move until the call's over. So uh, that's how cell phones are at times. So uh, there's that. Uh, but we do want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, we got the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, how about Rob in Oakland? It's always good to hear from him. He texted in and said, uh, many factors come to mind when comparing the draft to free agency. One, bus potential. Draft picks have variable bus potential, and free agents have proven that they can survive in the league. Two, cost. Rookies come at a significant cost savings. Three, position. High-quality free agents at quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle, defensive end, and DBs are very expensive. Quality linebackers and running backs may be uh, hard, may be had for reasonable cost because their positions are undervalued. Four, age. Veterans eventually age out at unpredictable times, and five, other vari- uh, variability. Other variables, each year's draft and free agent classes have different strengths and weaknesses and each NFL in different stages of competitiveness. And then he goes on. This year, I'd go free agent for right tackle, uh, inside offensive lineman, and middle linebacker. And first round pick for freak defensive end, shutdown cornerback, dominant defensive tackle, or game-altering quarterback that could compete with the top NFL QBs. That being said, I think there are good inside offensive linemen to be had on day two and day three in this year's draft, and I'd like to get a really athletic and agile linebacker to challenge the uh, line of scrimmage for when Mahomes and others try to buy time. In the end, nobody knows exactly where the Hall of Fame players are, 
but they are there somewhere. That's Rob in Oakland. Very detailed text. We do appreciate you. Again, 702-365-9200. Let's go back out to L.A. and talk to our guy, Eddie. Welcome back to the show, my man. Hey, thanks for taking my call again. What I was going to say is, okay, the big-time move by them, but we don't know if it's going to pay off for them. So we need to chill and relax with all. We should have done this. We should have done that. At the end of the day, you don't know who they're going to pick. Looks like they're picking CJ, but you never know. This kid, they, they, can go, they can go with the cat from, from Alabama, so we don't know yet. My biggest feel is always this. Don't overpay. You, this could be a move that, that, that could backfire on them. We don't know that. Look what happened with, with the Khalil Mack trade with Chicago. Okay, that didn't work out so, so great for them. So just because they, they gave up all those picks doesn't assure them that the quarterback they're going to go after is going to be you know, the, the guy for the future that's going to take them to the promised land. Okay, we got a lot of holes to fix, so we got either we either got to stay pat and build for the future, or we're going to go all out. And I don't get the sense from from this front office that they're going to go all out for next season. This is the long game, so this is what they're going to do. They're going to wait and sit back, wait for all the bullets to fly, and then pick pick and part what's left over for what they seem fit or the money that they want to pay. Uh, you know, I'm not very happy with all the moves they made last year and where it went, but we got no choice but to sit there and be patient and wait. They didn't get Tom Brady. They, it doesn't look like they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. We don't know about Jackson, so we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of holes to fix. So hopefully this deal pushes back at that number seven spot, that, that big time defensive tackle out of Georgia. I forget his name. Jalen Carter. Hopefully he's still there. I know he's got some legal troubles, but some team is going to pick him. Okay, and his legal troubles are not the same that what we what the Raider Nation went through a couple years back with Rugs. It's a little different, but I understand the the. The, the gun being gun shy on him, but he that that could be the blessing in disguise for us. So, so Raider Nation just gotta be patient, baby. Let's see what these guys do. You know, I, I'm frustrated just as everybody else. It doesn't seem like they're doing a bunch of moves, but last year they did the same thing and then they busted out with Devontae Adams. So you never know. Raider Nation, stay up. Hey, good call, Eddie. I appreciate you. I, I don't think, well, at least anyone here is, is frustrated. I just think that we're looking to see if if you think that they should make any moves or stay pat. It sounds like you want them to stay pat at number seven, and that's cool. That's probably a good idea at this point, right? Because, again, I rolled out the teams that are in front of the, the Raiders right now, and 99% of them are teams that need quarterbacks, right? And, again, Seattle doesn't need a quarterback, but they could easily grab one. Detroit doesn't need a quarterback, but they could easily grab one. And, hell, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what Arizona's willing to do because we'll, uh, Arizona, we've seen them roll out quarterbacks year after year after year. So, yeah, I mean, look, if the Raiders stay there at number seven, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Just go get the best player available. I'm sure at number seven, the quarterback that they might be targeting, if there's a quarterback that they're targeting, we don't even know if there's someone in the top four that they even like. That's the thing about it. We don't know. I'm not the insider. I'm not the guy that's coming in here and saying, hey, look, this is who they want. I don't know that. I don't know who they want. So if I knew it, it might be a little bit different, but I don't. So if they stay there at number seven and they just draft the best defensive player, whether it be Jalen Carter, whether it be you know someone else, you know that, that would be Christian Gonzalez. Another uh, interior defensive lineman. I mean, whatever the case may be, I'd be okay with that. I, I just, I just thought we'd throw it out there and react to what has gone on with Carolina moving up from nine to one in the upcoming NFL draft. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy David right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's up, man? Hey, I never thought they were going to take a quarterback in the first round unless one fell to them. I think they know what they have in Stidham. They, they should. They've had him since he was drafted. I think they're going to stick with Stidham, maybe get someone like Baker. And if they need a quarterback next year, then there's better quarterbacks in the draft. I don't think they're looking to get a quarterback. They have to build the rest of the team, do it more like what San Francisco did, 
put someone in Josh's system. You know, Stidham's a big dude. People don't realize maybe he can do the job. They know what they have in Stidham. They've been with him for four years now or however long it's been. So I think they're not going, they're not coming up. And they certainly can't get Lamar because Lamar means you got to put 230, 240 million in an escrow account. We're not going to do that. I don't know. I don't think he's worth doing that. So that's why the Ravens haven't done it. I don't think the Raiders are going to do it. So I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to wait. We're going to put Stidham. We're going to get maybe a Baker Mayfield or somebody. And we're going to build the defense. We're going to build the O line. And we're going to roll from there. And if we need a quarterback after this year, there's better quarterbacks around next year. Fair enough. I like it. Good stuff. And it's a strong possibility. That's that's what I was saying. We don't even know if there's a quarterback that they like in this upcoming draft, right? At some point, they got to get their guy of the future. That's what we do know. But we don't know where they're going to get that at. And again, going back to what Hardcore Raider has said multiple times, what he calls, Hendon Hooker is the guy that he likes that he don't think enough people are talking about. That very well could be, according to Vinny Bonsignor, who does talk to people inside the building, the Raiders like it, like Hendon Hooker. I don't know how much they like him, but according to Vinny, they like him. Yeah, I don't like Hendon Hooker at seven. No, 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 no. But I no, think no, that no. the Seahawks are going to like him at twenty, so that's why I think he's not going to be there. Yeah, that that could be that could be uh yeah that could happen. Uh, Mike hit us up. <laughs> Mike is always cool. He hits us up on Twitter. The chances of Jimmy G joining his Patriot West buddies just went up. <laughs> Lol. That's uh that's from Mike on Twitter, and uh, Mike's not a big fan of the staff. Mike has never been a big fan of the staff since the m- moment that they got hired with the silver and black, and that's okay because he's he stayed consistent the whole time. Never been disrespectful, but been doubtful. And that's okay. Until they prove themselves, it's okay to be doubtful. And depending on what they do this draft, it might help take a step forward in people believing in the staff. But if they bomb it, then it's just going to be another like, well, told you so, Q. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, it's always good to hear from you, my man. Definitely appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Let's go back out to our phone lines. Let's go out to Cincinnati. Chad in Cincinnati, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q? How you and DeMond doing? Y'all good? Yeah, we're blessed, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. You know, I truck driving and whatnot. But anyway, uh, my reaction to the Bears moving up is uh, I honestly think we need to be aggressive. If you see your guy, you know you're not going to get him at one. So move up. And if he's still available, either I, I guess either at two or three. But if not, man, you just find to play, play it out. Stay at seven, take the best player available. And uh, hope that you can either trade back into the first to get a hooker, or or you just go out to roll out with whatever you could do in free agency, man. I, I honestly think this move put us on a rock and a hard place, but I wouldn't I wouldn't panic. Take the best players available, and you're gonna trust your judgment, trust your system, trust your moves, do your thing. So uh, hopefully they 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 can figure it out. There you go. I like it, man. I like it. Good stuff. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, I mean that's the thing. You've got to trust your evaluations. And I do think that it put the Raiders in a, between a rock and a hard place because, well, it's the first trade that's made, and they went from 9-1. to one. It's not like it was the Colts that went from 4-1. to one. The Colts were already in front of the Raiders. All of a sudden, now it puts a team that was behind the Silver and Black in front of the Raiders. So that's what makes me think that that puts them in, a, like you said, in between a rock and a hard place. That's really the biggest thing for me, and that's what's going to make this so much more interesting. 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Damon? Dexter in Oakland. Dexter! Five and Dime, welcome to the show. What's going on? How you doing? Oh, blessed, man. Yeah, so this trade-up really messed up things because I'm not trading up to pretty much get Anthony Richardson. And you, the, the price going to go up even more now because you already know two quarterbacks is for sure gone. Mm-hmm. So it's either you see what you can get at seven 
And then if the, neither one of those quarterbacks is there, then you do get hopefully can get Hooker in the second round. But another thing is that you're going to trade up and give up capital for a possible uh, quarterback to see what he we know he we don't know what he's going to be. You might as well trade up and go get Lamar. I mean, you might as well give up your two picks, give up Lamar. Mm-hmm. And people that's going crazy about two number ones. But one, I can't name. I lost count how many number like. First round draft because we don't have no more. <laughs> right. One. There's no guarantee they're going to pan out. And then lastly, we gave up one and two for Devontae. So I mean, keep it keep it going at this right. point. I like it. So, I like yeah. it. Dexter, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you. And yeah, that's the thing about it. The Raiders have to make a decision. And look, we've had a lot of really good calls where they're saying, you know what, just stay pat, build a team. Right? David, right here in Vegas, said, just build a team. I didn't think they were going to go after a quarterback in this draft. So just go ahead and build a team, see, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Roll with the Stidham, roll with the Jimmy G, roll with whoever you know they decide to roll with as a veteran. If it doesn't work out, boom. Then get back, dip into the draft, and go get your quarterback next year. Again, like I said, at some point, you've got to get that quarterback of the future, but you don't have to be hard-pressed to go and get him right now. Jeff Howe from The Athletic put out a fantastic, when I say fantastic, I mean fantastic piece uh, that he talked to Josh McDaniels at Indianapolis and really had to uh, sit down one-on-one with him, and he talked about Josh McDaniels needing a quarterback, wanting a quarterback, and was willing to get him wherever. And he really rolled through a lot of different details. And then one of the little uh, elements of that piece that he put out was saying they're not going to force the issue. They're not going to go and get the fifth best quarterback just because they think that they need a quarterback. If that's not their guy, they're not going to go get that guy. And I wanted to have Jeff Howell on to talk about it, but with free agency coming up next week, he wanted to get a little R&R time with the family before he dipped into free agency. We'll have him on the show at the end of next week. Jeff Howell does a phenomenal job for The Athletic. So he'll join us to talk about that. But if you are a subscriber like I am to The Athletic, go ahead and check that piece out by Jeff Howe uh, talking about Josh McDaniels and the quarterback position. Let's go back out to the phone line at 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Stove. Stove. We know why they call you Stove. Heat it up for us. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, how you guys doing? All right. So this this is going to be an amazing, amazing uh, couple uh, months of back and forth. Uh, I am typically a glass half full kind of guy, but I'm going to go negative first. Uh, I was ready for Derek Carr to go. I am glad that he's gone, and I love it that he went to the easiest division possible, and now he's going to be going up against the number one pick in the draft, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. And, and according to your last guest, it would be amazing if Lamar Jackson ended up in Atlanta. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, Derek, for taking Oh, did we just lose him? Yeah. Oh, there but I, I will say this. I, I am on Team Ziegler. I am choosing to believe that they've got a plan and know what they're doing. And if they believe that one of the top four quarterbacks is worth getting, we're going to trade up to four or to three to get him. And if they don't believe one of the first four quarterbacks is worth getting, we're going to get one of the three best defensive players at number seven. So whether you believe that's Tyree, whether you believe that's Carter, or whether you believe that's Will Anderson, or maybe we go with the top DB, we are in a position now to, to either build our defense or go and get our quarterback. And because of that, let's, let's let this play out. Carolina stepped up and paid a big price. DJ Moore is awesome. That is a big price to give up, in my opinion. And, and if the Raiders want to move up to three, let's move up to three. If not, let's take what falls to us 
because we are in a great spot. And good luck, Derek Carr. I like it. Hey, Stove, thanks for the call. And that's a great way to put it. You know, hey, round of applause. That's a great way to put it. You can have Carter fall to you. You can have Will Anderson fall to you. You can have uh, you could have my guy out of Texas Tech fall to you. I mean, there's a lot of different options there. Uh, at, you know, at number seven, that are defensive players, and we all know that the Raiders need defensive players. So they could just stay there at number seven, and again, just let the board fall to them and decide. All right, not there, not there, not there. Oh, he's there. All right, boom, and feel comfortable with that. I like that. I really do. I think that's a good approach. And really, I mean, if you don't want to panic which I'm not encouraging anyone to panic, that's that's what you do. You just sit there and say, okay, well, again, just like Josh McDaniels told Jeff Howe, not going to force the issue just with anybody just because, you you know, oh, well, you need a quarterback, so I have to go and get that guy. Uh, Geese Mode, hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line that will take a break. I'm not all phased by this movie and moving and jockeying for draft or for top draft position. We're sitting pretty at number seven, and this is a deep, deep mid-round quarterback draft. So I think we're good to not get – in the scrum over the top four quarterbacks that have all the warts. Our crew moves in silence, so I'm confident the right moves and the smart moves will be made. We just have to sit back, get the popcorn ready, and watch the plan patiently unfold. Let's go Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. Sounds very similar to what Stove was just saying uh, as he hit us up. So there you go. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What are your thoughts after Carolina went from 9-1 to one to get that number one overall pick and whatever quarterback, their pick of the litter when it comes to all the quarterbacks. They're officially on the clock right now. What are your thoughts? How do you think the Raiders should react? Should they react? Carolina Teague's up next. It's Radish Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 329 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Been, be, been reacting to what the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers did. Chicago traded all the way down to number nine. Carolina goes up to number one, picks up the number one overall pick. They can get any quarterback that they want, which clearly they will. And Chicago gets a nice little haul in return. Join us now on the phone lines. We meant to have her on to talk all things XFL. Talk a little bit of, uh, you know, we talked some NFL with her as well. It's Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Oh, right. Now she's gone. <laughs> what happened there, Demond? <laughs> the, the intro was great. <laughs> It happens. I did want to pass this along as uh, DeMond efforts uh, Carolina again. FanDuel just opened up Stroud minus 320 to be selected first overall. So uh, there's that. If you pay attention to the lines and, and uh, you know, what they have to say about things, C.J. Stroud is minus 320 to be the number one overall selection by the Carolina Panthers. And, again, a big-time uh, trade that already happened. And, man, it's the first time in a very, very long time that you see uh, the number one pick being vacated already in March. Normally, it's right around the draft, if not on draft day. But uh, it is now. They are very aggressive and want to make sure they got the opportunity to go and get their guy. So Chicago moves down to nine. They get a nice little uh, return. And then, of course, Carolina moves up to number one. Now joining us on the phone lines is Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5 and Houston contributor and Spurs insider, XFL expert. But more importantly for this conversation, She's a big Bears fan. So, Carolina, when you see this big haul that Chicago gets in return for uh, for that number one overall spot, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. This is like uh, Ryan Pulse is the Tinder Schindler of the NFL, seriously. And I'm, I'm so excited for this. I don't even know what to say. This is instant breaking news. And my heart is just so, so happy right now. I, I knew <laughs> – that the Bears were going to have to trade this number one pick. And my original prediction was that they trade for the Colts. 
for the number one pick because the Colts and the Texans are in the same division and both have a positional need for a quarterback. And the Texans had the number two pick and the Colts had the number four pick. So I thought the best thing for the Bears to do would be to switch that around, get the Colts to be at top at number one so they can get the quarterback before the Texans do. The Carolina Panthers were also on everybody's list, but nobody really thought that Ryan Poles would be able to pull this off. The Bears organization, the past GMs, whether it was Phil Emery or Ryan Pace, have botched the draft picks over and over again. So for Ryan Poles to do this, and the Bears are receiving a number nine and a number 61 for this year, plus a 2024 first-round pick and a 2025 second-round pick and DJ Moore. <laughs> now that now they have Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. They're going to build the O-line now. And they now have, after they eat up DJ Moore's contract, about $78 million in cap space. Mm. That's the, the most in the NFL. Ryan Poles is the tender swindler of the NFL. I don't know how <laughs> he did this. The, the Panthers could have easily just waited until next year, possibly, maybe, and gotten their quarterback because there's going to be a generational quarterback, once-in-a-generation quarterback coming up in college. But I'm, I'm excited that this happened. You know, let me ask you this, because we're, we've been looking at it from a Raiders standpoint. Obviously, they need a quarterback. They're sitting there at number seven. But now a team has leapfrogged them and, and is in front of them, sitting there at number one in Carolina, who's obviously going to get a quarterback. Do you think it would be smart for them to try to move up to number three where Arizona's at? Or do you think they should just sit where they are and get the best player available? If it's a quarterback, so be it. If not, then get, grab the best player and then maybe try to dip into the draft next year and get your guy. Um, for the Raiders? Yep. Uh, I think dip into the draft next year. I mean, I know that's going to make you guys wait a little bit longer, but like I said, the, the quarterback depth position for the draft next year is going to be way better. So I say just wait. Wait it out. They're not that far deep in, and I wouldn't say move up because number one is going to get a quarterback for sure because the Panthers need a quarterback, and they're probably going to get uh, Bryce Young. Then number two, the Texans definitely need a quarterback. So why even move up if the best quarterbacks available probably in the draft are going to take the quarterbacks anyways? Yeah, no, I mean, that's there's there's no doubt. You know, there's four quarterbacks that we believe are going to go top ten, and however they shake it, you know, maybe Carolina goes and gets CJ, maybe they go get Bryce. Houston's going to get the other one. We know that. And then Arizona, mm-hmm. they don't need a quarterback. We know the Colts need a quarterback, as you mentioned. Seattle could get a quarterback if they want to. Uh, also, uh, the, the Lions could get a quarterback if they want to. Then you have the Raiders sitting there at number seven. So it should be interesting. So let me ask you this. As the Bears trade back to number nine, who or what do you think that they'll target when it's their time on the clock? Oh, my God. This is going to be really tough for me. I don't know what the Bears are going to do because, honestly, I don't trust. I, I don't trust. I, I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. <laughs> I just think that they're they're going to get somebody on the offensive line. Now the mm. good news is is that they, they went from having one of the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL to the best in the NFC, in, in the NFC North for sure. So – Maybe they're going to probably get somebody um, at tackle. I'm not sure. Maybe they're going to get somebody at the center, or maybe they're going to get somebody at guard. But either way, building on the offensive line is going to be something that uh, I'm really excited for. Yeah, and you know, the tackle position is not real, real deep when it comes to this draft, but uh, they could get the best tackle off the board at number nine. They're kind of sitting in a good spot where the Raiders are sitting at number seven, and the, the Raiders could just mm-hmm. let the board fall to them because they have so many holes. Well, the Bears do as well, but that's a nice little return, nice little haul that Chicago gets for giving up their number one spot. Again, we're talking with Carolina mm-hmm. Teague, uh, ESPN 97 five and Houston contributor, also Spurs insider, XFL expert, resident Chicago 
Chicago Bears fan. The one thing I can say about any team that's going to trade up now, especially trading up into the top three to go and get uh, uh, the next quarterback that could come off the board, as we said in Phoenix, Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Heck no. No, it's not. I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to soak it all in, honestly. This is where I'm at right now. I'm soaking it all in. Nothing wrong with that. Soak it all I, I, in. And, and again, we have uh, over a month before the draft comes up. Of course, <laughs> next week, free agency kicks in. So uh, that usually happens before trades start happening, but they got after it quick, fast, and in a hurry. So let me ask you about the XFL. I did want to turn our attention to that real quick and uh, talk about the, the the Brahmas there in San Antonio. Uh, they, they're getting off to a, a slow start. You know, it's only three weeks in, but what have you seen from them? They struggled a little bit. The Vipers here in Vegas, they're over. So uh, San Antonio has one <laughs> win on the season. What have you seen from them? And what have been your overall thoughts on just the, 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 uh, the, the league in general, where they are after three weeks? I think um, the, the Brahmas are doing the Brahmas, gosh. <laughs> the Brahmas are doing <laughs> whatever it is. We've been trying to debate the name of that. Um, the Brahmas, for me, I think they're in a good position considering the fact that they lost to the Roughnecks, who, in my opinion, are the best team in the XFL, uh, hands down. So as far as the way that they're playing, they're, I mean, their defense is in for another tough test. They've been struggling as far as defense, defense is concerned. They weren't able to get um, Houston off the field. And they converted 53% of the third down opportunities. As, as far as offense is concerned, they're decent on that end. I don't know how the rest of the weeks are going to play out, but as far as the XFL and the way that they're performing is, I'm actually getting more into it than I, than I should be because there was a brawl, I don't know if you heard about that, um, against, I think it was the St. Louis Battlehawks and the D.C. Defenders. Yeah, yeah. And it was week three, and there was a huge brawl, and they're about to play again in about two to three weeks. So I think it's exciting because the ex- you need those type of battles between two different teams. So it's becoming a little bit more enticing to watch. It's becoming a little more enticing to tune in. And this screams XFL. This screams more of like a wrestling side. Yeah. It's seems like they really don't try to stop the fight. So I love the way that the XFL is going. They're building rivalries within each other. And these are the types of things that you like to see with leagues that are starting up. You like to see rivalries. You like to see people battling up against each other. So that's one of the things that I think is important. I mean, not people fighting and getting in trouble and hurting (laughs) each other, but I do think it's important that these things happen. Well, it feels like, as you mentioned, kind of the wrestling factor, it feels like that that's the WWE side of things where fights are going on and there's some extra shenanigans and we've seen the beer snake happen in the stands and that's been pretty cool. So there's some elements to this that I like and I don't know if I'm 100% on board with the lasting power. That's that's really where my big question is. Can this thing be sustained? That's been the question I've had for three weeks so far. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it it could be sustained, honestly. I like the way that the direction of the XFL is going. And to me, it seems to be a lot more stable than the failed leagues we've seen in the past, in my opinion. More people on I, I've seen are tuning in. More people are attending the games. And the St. Louis team is going to be playing at home for the first time. And they're expecting a sellout crowd of 30,000 plus. So that's a good sign for the XFL as well. They're still having games where they're projecting to have sold-out crowds. People are still showing up for the home games. And more money equals more tickets, more viewers, more rivalries. That's exactly the things that 
uh, a league that's starting to develop needs in order to have sustainability. Again, we're talking with Carolina Teague here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, with San Antonio, they've got three road games in a row with this final one concluding with the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons. Do you think that they're still going to get that big turnout and that next week against the Arlington Renegades, excuse me, against the Renegades because they haven't been home since week one? Do you think that San Antonio is still going to turn out for the team? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, San Antonio, Texas is huge on football. And anytime there's any football in San Antonio, everyone shows up. It doesn't matter if it's a horrible game or it doesn't matter if it's a good game. <laughs> People will always show up for football every single time. And, you know, they've been able to show how their crowds can turn out with uh, the way that the UTSA has their crowd selling out. And there's a huge push on social media for people to continuously attend these games. So there's no doubt in my mind that San Antonio is still going to have a, a sellout crowd. Now, I want to see whose crowd is going to be bigger. Is it going to be St. Louis or is it going to be San Antonio's? But the good thing about this kind of competition where it comes to crowds, which San Antonio is heavy on, is that this, like I said, allows the XFL to continue to sustain their longevity as we've been hoping for. She uh, she has a little edge to her when she talks about the crowd and the competition. I want to see what this looks like. I want to see in St. Louis if they what they bring to the table like San Antonio does. I do because honestly, like I get it. You know, St. Louis, the Rams used to be over there, but San Antonio, I think they can they can beat St. Louis when it comes to the crowd turnout for sure. One thing I want to say about St. Louis, A.J. McCarron overrated. I'm tired. The league's trying to prop him up as the darling of the league. A.J. McCarron, I'm tired of it. But I want to, turn, <laughs> I want to change your attention to boxing. Oh. Tank Davis, okay. Ryan Garcia, yeah. they had their first little press conference yesterday. What do you think of it? I mean, they're, they're trying to drum up that attention for the fight. But did seeing them face-to-face, did that get you interested? Um, You know what? It, it did, but... Honestly, I thought they'd have a little bit more trash talking. They were a lot more calmer than I thought they'd be, with the exception of their stare down where Tank kind of threw his arm out to see if he could get Ryan touched, and he did. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more beef involved with the stare down, but it wasn't as, I don't know, exciting as I thought it'd be. What's been more interesting to me is Tank on social media going after LaShawn McCoy, and he just went after Devin Haney about 13 minutes ago. He's calling him soft. Devin Haney's been uh, pulling Gervonta uh, Davis's street credibility, pulling his hood card, saying he's soft. He's really not from the hood, just his mom is. So these <laughs> social media stats that they're having is far more entertaining than the stare down that I recently saw, for sure. Yeah, Javante Davis, you don't want that smoke. You ain't really from the hood, Demond, your mama from the hood. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's such a big card to try to pull on somebody. But no, but Tank Davis, do you think that he's got the edge here? Do you think maybe he's looking past Ryan Garcia? Because you don't want that smoke with Devin Haney, especially when you got a fight coming up. Well, the way that Tank is, and he said this at the press conference, is all he has to do is keep working and he has to beat whoever's put in front of me. And that starts with Ryan Garcia. Tank is the type of fighter where if you look at his previous fights, it's really hard to figure out what his adjustments are going to be because he makes adjustments per each fight. A lot of fighters in boxing, when you see them fight, they, you can kind of get the grasp of how they're going to adjust throughout the, the the fight. But in Tank's case, he's really unpredictable in a good way. He's not unpredictable because he's you know a bad fighter because, for example, let me give you an example. Roley Romero, for example, 
uh, he everybody was saying his style was unorthodox. His style is unorthodox. And when they asked Tank, hey, Roly, uh, what do you think about Roly being unorthodox? Tank's response was, I don't think he's an unorthodox fighter. I think he's a dumbass fighter. Well, Tank is not a dumbass fighter. Tank <laughs> is a smart fighter. And he is very intelligent. And I think he's just going to take it fight by fight by fight. He's not looking at Devin Haney. 100% he's looking at Ryan Garcia. Oh, yeah. Well, Roly, that's a bad example because that was just the dude that yeah, was talking mess. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't even know how he got the fight. But shout out to him. He at least got the check because we all knew he was getting knocked out as soon as he stepped into the ring. All right. So <laughs> last thing I want to talk yeah. to you about are the Spurs. Is, is the tank already in effect? Does the whole city of San Antonio... Say, is it in effect now? I mean, they, 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 they all season? They done, they, they've been losing games where people have been giving Coach Pop his flowers for, hey, man, that was a good loss right there. Do you think that they're going to get that number one pick and they're all in for <laughs> Wimbenyama? Let me just say this. Today I went to the practice, right? And at the practice, it was just me and one other person. Wow. And we were the only, we were the only people covering. Yeah, and... Um, I feel like Spurs kind of owe me a solid because why am I and one other person, the only person there that should be filled. And so I had a conversation with somebody there. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying who I had a conversation with, but I had a conversation with somebody there uh, that is, you know, that knows the importance of having media in the building. And they said about four or five years ago, the whole media slots would be filled. Now it's just you and somebody else. So they said, if we get Scoot and Wemby, which they're already preparing for a tank. I mean, they're already talking to me about a tank right now. I mean, they're obviously all in. Even the whole organization knows at this point because nobody's, nobody's showing up. And the Spurs are just taking this each loss as a lesson. And basically, that's what our narrative is for the Spurs or what are the lessons you learned this season? There should never be only two people from the media showing up to anything. I don't care how bad the team is. There's no reason for that. That is unacceptable. <laughs> There is absolutely is. no reason for that. Wow. It is. And you know what? And I, you know what? I'm starting to say, okay, look, I'm looking around. I'm the only person I practice with one other person who works, who's a big writer for a big paper. And I feel like, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with covering these events. I'm a foot soldier for real, for real, because I'm sitting here <laughs> going to XFL games. I'm going to Spurs coverage when nobody else is. The Spurs owe me, owe me a huge solid. I need, like, an interview with Wendy if he comes down <laughs> here for sure. Like, come on, bro. Y'all got to do something nice for me. Right. After all this coverage I'm putting in. Wow. You're, yeah, no, you're putting in the work. I, I really i am so shocked that there's only two people there. That is absolutely ridiculous, and it should be unacceptable. But there's that. Well, Carolina, it's always great to catch up with you. Uh, you got a Spurs game to go to tonight, right? Are you going to be the only one there, the only Mohican there? No, there's going to be like maybe five or six of us there. It's not going to be just me and somebody else. It's definitely going to be at least five or six people. But that's not something that we're used to, honestly. We're used to everything being packed. And you know what? That just reminds me that a lot of people are fake. When you're (laughs) failing, when you're not doing good in life, nobody wants to support you. Nobody. But when you're successful, everybody wants to come around. And the Spurs are a perfect example of that. And I want everybody who's listening to remember that. Just remember who's there for you when nobody believes in you. Nobody supports you. And when people try to come around, you better curb them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that came from the heart right there. You got got some uh, Mary J. Blige, Keisha Cole going on right there. That came from the heart right there. Look out. She's about to put an album out. Carolina Teague joins us. Look out for her album. It's going to be dropping momentarily. Well, Carolina, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. Enjoy the Spurs game tonight. And uh, keep on foot soldiering like you're doing. We appreciate you. 
I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on, bye. Uh, all right, there she goes. Carolina Teague out there in San Antonio. Man, she got some hurt going on right there. That sounded like hurt Mary. Yeah, that was <laughs> a message. That was that was deeper than the Spurs. Now, yeah, that was a message, man. She sent that message to somebody. She just had to get something off her chest. Boy, oh boy, that was, like I said, that was hurt Mary right there. That was Keisha Cole, like I should have cheated type Keisha Cole, right? Man, that was almost like uh, Keisha Cole belting out love. <laughs> How did Keisha Cole hit it? Love! And she hit that thing about 500 times. <laughs> Woo. Never knew what I was missing. Man, exactly. Boy, oh boy. Someone right now, especially if they're sitting in the rain, they're going to go turn the lights down a little bit, light that candle, turn that beat on, maybe grab something to sip on. Man, they're going to be good to go. Carolina, doing some things. <laughs> we definitely appreciate her. Carolina Teague, contributor there at ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Spurs insiders, you can tell. XFL, boxer, all that good stuff. Uh, well, not boxer. She doesn't box, but she covers boxing in the fight game, just like my man Demon Cotton. 348 is the time. We'll take a break. Come back. Close out hour number two. It's Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Mr. Harriel, Vegas Vipers, will join us as the Vegas Vipers are on the road taking on a very tough opponent this week, the D.C. Defenders. They are undefeated on the season, 3-0, and Vegas is 0-3. I talked to Dr. Jen Welter, who's the linebacker coach for the Vegas Vipers. Talked to her just a couple nights ago on uh, International Women's Day. I was on ESPN Radio and talked to her, and I said, hey, man, you got a tough team that you're going to face on uh, this upcoming weekend. She said, yeah, Q, we got something for them. We got something for him. So Dr. Jen Welter, the first female that, that was on a, a NFL coaching staff, is part of the Rod Woodson staff there with the Vegas Vipers. So she said they got something for the D.C. Defenders. Damon, you've been on the call the last two weeks. You won't be on the call this week because they're on the road, but they got a tough out this uh, this upcoming game. Uh, hopefully it's a QB, it's a QB spy. <laughs> I mean, because De'Aaron King, he was eating them alive when he got that sub in the, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's what they need to have for him. We watching De'Aaron King like a hawk all game is what, the, is what they need to have for him. Right, no doubt. Mailman Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword RNRQ. I was playing Xbox with a guy in the Panthers in Texas front office. It's Stroud 1 and Bryce 2, LOL. But at this point, I'm Lamar Hooker or grab A.J. McCarron so we can suck for Caleb or May. I think there's a chance Richardson could be great, but we cannot miss. We've missed too much, and I was never on board with Levis. If we take Levis, I'm going to have that – Oh, blank look on my face. Like, homie, when we took Leatherwood. I remember that. I was, <laughs> I was there at that draft when uh, Leatherwood was the selection and that look. My man, isn't that, uh, isn't that my man, the uh, Silver and Black Panther's cousin that had that look on his face? No, like, that was for Cleve Farrell. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. That's right. Oh, that's right. I was at home. I was at home for the Alex Leatherwood one. That's right. Uh, the wife, she videotaped me. <laughs> and she recorded me. <laughs> videotaped. That's so old. She recorded me uh, in my reaction to Leatherwood. That's right. I thought he was a second-round pick. And all in all, he ended up being a first-round pick. So, Mailman Raider, thank you so much for that. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do now uh, with the quarterback position. They may be comfortable with Hooker, a uh, guy that we've heard that they, they do like. I mean, his stock might have just gone up as well since you know that Carolina's going to take a quarterback. And they've come out and said that they're not even sure who they're going to take. And they're actually willing to trade back if the price is right. I'm not buying that. But that's at least what they're selling 48 days out from the draft. So we'll see how it shakes out. But from all indications, they are going to go and get C.J. Stroud. So as uh, we had a tweeter earlier say, that pipe dream is exactly that, a pipe dream. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Nash in Houston, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? 
Hey, uh, guys. Hey, maybe you could do a collage of all your draft uh, day faces, you know, based on uh, <laughs> who we selected. You know, and then the, and the audience can guess which draft pick it was, depending on the face. There so you go. That might be something. Hey, you know, again, I, I give kudos to the uh, the, Pan- the Panthers. I mean, again, uh, the probably the most excited team right now is Arizona because their pick became more valuable. The most disappointed are the Colts because Ballard's trying to get his job, and he knows he's got QB3 and might have to give up a second rounder just to move up to the third pick to make sure they get somebody out of the draft. So uh, to me, that's, uh, you know, those, those are the winners and losers. And for the Raiders, again, I think, uh, you know, again, just kind of sit back. And I like what one of the early callers said. I mean, I'd love to sign, uh, again, uh, Stidham back. And then, again, Florio was on, I think, uh, with JT and talked about how much McDaniels loved Baker Mayfield. And get those two guys. They're going to be cheaper than Jimmy G is. Those two guys combined will be cheaper than Jimmy G. And I'm fighting out to see who's the best guy. I mean, and maybe McDaniels can turn around Baker Mayfield and turn around his career like Jim Plunkett, you know, when after he looked like a bust with the Patriots. So excited to see what's going to happen. We're in a good spot. I can see us moving back because I don't see us taking Jalen Carter. I just don't think Raider Nation or, uh, or Mr. Davis uh, want the potential for what could happen there. Bad publicity. So, you know, but we're in a good position to get a good corner or a stud offensive lineman. So a good position to be. There you go. There you go. Thanks for the call. We do appreciate you, my man. And, and yeah, I mean, again, that's that's a good approach to take. Like, hey, just just a good position. See how it all shakes out. Resign who you have to resign and let the chips fall where they may. I like it. Thanks a lot for that call. 356 is the time. When we come back, we'll be joined with Mr. Herbiel, Vegas Vipers defensive back. He'll join the show to kick off hour number three. It's Red Nation Radio 920. This is JT, and I've been living in Las Vegas since